0: How do you normally start cooking? Olive oil, right? Well, I have great news for you. This podcast is also brought to you by California Olive Ranch, expertly crafted extra virgin olive oil. Go to CaliforniaOliveRanch.com and enter the promo code CHICKENS10, that's one word, CHICKENS10, to receive 10% off your entire first purchase. The offer is available through December 31st. California Olive Ranch discovery starts in the bottle. Let's start the show.
1: Stel de Nata Churros Brigadeiro Calzone Apple Paw Trade Ropian
0: Baggins and Mash Toad in the Hole Baella Olá this is the last episode. Are you sad? Are you crying? Are you nervous? Are you stressed out? Are you something? Anyway, welcome back for the very last episode of the first season, so you know, hang in there, of Turning Chickens and Breaking Dishes. My name is David D. E. Martins, and I'm the executive chef for the European Union Embassy in Washington, D.C., and as always, if this is your first time listening, let me explain to you why my podcast has this different name. I'm originally from Portugal, and I've been living in Washington, D.C. for the last nine years, and the name of the podcast refers. To two Portuguese phrases. Turning chickens means someone that has a lot of experience and breaking dishes means someone that has exceeded all expectations. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and all the platforms you have access to. Follow me on Instagram at turningchickensbreakingdishes and if you want to send me an email, you can do so at info at turningchickensandbreakingdishes.com. As I mentioned previously, this is the last episode of the first season. It was an absolutely pleasure to have every single guest here on the show and you'll never know, maybe a few of the guests I might come back for a special episode. We'll see. Please enjoy the interview. My guest today was born and raised in Argentina. From a fourth generation of chefs, he started at the age of 14 working at his mom's restaurant. When he reached adulthood, he went to study journalism and it was a music critic for a South American newspaper. After seven years, he realized that wasn't a job for him, so he decided to travel. First, from Argentina to Mexico, and then he traveled through 27 countries in Africa. In between, he stopped in Portugal and fell in love with the country. That's why, until this day, he resides there. 11 cooking shows in Portugal to Germany, China, and South America. 15 cookbooks, 9 cookbook and media awards, and currently he owns 6 restaurants in Portugal. He loves music, food, and has visited more than 120 countries. When I finished hospitality school, I actually work at one of his restaurants. So, 9 years later... It's a pleasure to chat with him again. Chacal. welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, David. How are you? David or David?
0: You know, however you want. It's, it's okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Normally, I start the podcast, ask my guests if they've been to Portugal. That part is obvious because you live in Portugal. So I'm going to ask, a, I'm going to ask you a different question to start right away. You were born in Argentina, but your heart is Portuguese. So Ronaldo or Messi?
1: Well, I should say, uh, if I have to uh, choose one to watch uh, playing, probably Messi. But if I, I will want to have someone to, uh, working every day with me, is probably Ronaldo. Perfect.
0: Okay, so we'll start right away. So for people that don't know, you wear a turban all the time. Why is that?
1: Well, actually, it's coming from Africa. I was traveling for two years, as you say, for around 27 or 28 countries in Africa. And uh, I started using in the desert. Uh, I stayed for three months in Sudan in the desert. I was waiting for, to get into Egypt and it was not possible. And I ran out of gasoline and so many things and I wore the turban every, every day. And actually I uh, kind of liked it. And after that, I, I, I came back to Portugal and I started working in restaurants and I was wearing a turban instead of a, a chef's hat and then the people start saying oh the chef of the turban and then it was like my my trademark and then my trademark plus my name which is not very usual make my own
0: from all your travelers is there any country that touched you the most
1: probably i mean in every continent i think i have a country of my choice i really like colombia in latin america it's my favorite country i like uh, pretty much the people and i think What's make the difference between countries is always the people. It is always good and bad people. Always good people and bad people everywhere. But uh, maybe it's Colombia. Beside Colombia, my lovely country is Sudan. Even as it sounds so crazy when I say to the people Sudan. Why Sudan? They say because the people is amazing in Sudan. It's, it's, it's pure heart. And of course, Portugal, because I'm living here and it's because of the people uh, beside being, uh, have a good weather or good food. I mean, you have good weather in many countries and, and good food in many places also. But uh, the people make, uh, to me, make the difference.
0: And how your travelings inspire you for your restaurants and the menus?
1: Well, I think it's, uh, we are all an uh, accumulation of uh, experiences and experiences. Uh, as you know, you were for me like nine years ago, 10 years, nine years nine, already. Nine, wow. nine years, yeah. Well, and uh, and I was in a, maybe in half of way of my career and I was already inspired what I was doing. I think uh, when you travel and you have your eyes open and you're, you are like a, a sponge and I am like sponge. So I'm always looking, what can I learn from the people? Not still, because there is a different way. It's people... Trying to steal things, and I get inspired. I I never copy anyone in any way. Of course, I have influence as anyone, as a musician or as a chef, or but it's not from anyone in special. It's from small things. Probably when we were working together, I get some something for, for, from you, and you didn't it. But I'm always learning from everyone. It doesn't it doesn't matter if it's above myself or under myself.
0: Do you bring any food or spices from your traveling? And do you have any funny stories with customs?
1: Well, I have one. I, when I was traveling around Africa, imagine uh, nineteen months. When I came to the border, uh, it was Turkey to Bulgaria. At that time, so I was going inside Europe, in real Europe. And uh, uh, no, 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 it was in the border, uh, Hungary to Austria. So I was coming inside the EU um Schengen. If people in America doesn't know what Schengen is, is it's a it's a border. which beside you have the European Union, but then you have a border which there is no border inside these uh, these countries and it's a Schengen uh, agreement. And I have a lot of herbs from Africa. And they went checking everything, tasting, bring the dogs and saying, what is this? Well, this is from Syria. This is from Alep Marquez. This is from Damasco. This is from Jordan. This is from Cairo. What well, this is not drugs. Well, I don't know. Maybe they are drugs. I don't know. I bring it as spices. So it was kind of funny thing. And one time also coming from Argentina into Europe uh, through France, I have a yer- yerba mate, you know, this kind of tea we drink in Argentina. Actually, mm-hmm. it wasn't for me because i not but he used to drink and they, they thought it was grass. So they were checking and putting things and say, what is this? Well, it's a tea. So, I tea is not like that. Well, it's a kind of tea that we, people drink in Argentina. But it's not a drug. Well, it's like coffee. Coffee is a drug. Wine is a drug. So, I mean, on this line, you ask me if it's legal or it's not legal, it's legal, but it's a drug, of course, because it's full of tein. And uh, it was always, but no, no more than that.
0: You're from Argentina, and you actually just already mentioned that Colombia is one of your favorite countries. How did South American food has changed in the last 20 years?
1: Hmm. I I travel, uh, I make a trip. The first trip, it was from Buenos Aires to Colombia on my motorbike for four months. And then I made one from Colombia to Mexico. And this was not with with a motorbike, it was with a bus and things. Um, I was uh, amused in a way, and uh, I discovered a new world. Uh, even in countries that we don't know much about like uh, Bolivia so no one hears about Bolivian food it's really good Mm -hmm. they have some things street food in Bolivia is amazing I still I don't know if it's because I was very hungry this can be also the memory can be tricky always but I have I ate in a in a market in uh, La Paz and in Sucre that it was amazing I have some pork sandwich, it was, wow, it was perfect. I cannot describe it and juices and then I went to Peru and also it's a beautiful country for food, not just ceviches and tiraditos and this modern uh, Peruvian food, you have a lot of uh, uh, farm farmer food which is really, really good. Colombia and Venezuela have similar things but they also, I think every place in the world have a speciality. I, I really like arepas when they are good from Venezuela or or some things in colombia is very different from argentinian food because it's uh, it's very european in a way so we basically eat grilled meat and salad on the side and we have a uh, argentina have a very strong italian uh, community we are 60 Mm or 70 percent of the people uh, are italian descendants so this makes uh, for us pizza or spaghetti is not italian it's argentina it's funny Mm-hmm. It's, it's not this uh, this notion that you don't have Italian. It's probably the only country in the world there is no Italian restaurants because they are Argentinian restaurants. And I think uh, the the food with the internet, the all the new communications is is growing very fast. Anyone can do anything anywhere. You can get any product anywhere, anytime, and this makes all the difference. Which in one side is sad. I will tell you because I I love to travel and discover new things. And now it's quite difficult because it's basically you have more, more or less the same things all over the world. And I think I was lucky to travel in the right moment. So I was actually discovering things step by step. So not with a pre-notion, pre-idea. So when you go to India, you never eat Indian food before. It's an experience. Yeah. When you go to Morocco, I went, I went to India in '93. And I ne- in Argentina, there is no Indian resonance. I mean, probably now there is, but on that time it wasn't, you couldn't find anything but Argentinian restaurant. I think more in Portugal, actually, when I came here it was basically the same. It was Chinese because they were, were invading the whole world, but there was no Japanese, no Indian, no Thai. And uh, to me, going to India for the first time and no having no idea of what Indian food because I actually was a journalist. I was not uh, in the in the food business. Or then after India, went to Thailand. It was like wow, this food and it was like this flavor, this acidity. Discover the lemongrass, the coriander. It was like, you know, today is difficult because you get anything, but it's what it is. Also, like, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's worst. How do you?
0: it doesn't have to be not how you fix it, but what can you do about that? Because I do ask about that to a lot of people here is that, you know, I've been to, I go back to Lisbon every year and I didn't go for like five years. I didn't go to Lisbon. And then when I came back, I was just there last year. And I remember thinking, okay, this is a, it feels like I'm in the United States because everything, it's very the same, like you said, right? Is there a way to fix this? There's just the way, way it is. You know, people just follow trends and everybody's following a trend. Is there any way to fix it or you just think you just have to, to leave the, the way things are right now?
1: I think uh, I can talk by myself, not about what people does. Uh, I have no resonance in any uh, tourist place. So I never have actually where you work. You know, it wasn't tourist at all. It was a uh, high outside Lisbon. I have eight or nine restaurants now already. So since last time we, we spoke, actually opened restaurants during this pandemic. And they are all out of the tourists because I don't even go to the center of Lisbon because I, I don't like it. It's like going to Rome or to Venice and you are full of tourists and you see the food is all the same crap. It's a business. No, I don't criticize, but it's not my business. And I don't do business just to have tourists going like birds in the cage and eating and running away. I really love uh, the food business. I really love the restaurants and uh, I like to have customers. So I don't mind if I have a tourist, but I don't do I don't build my own restaurants just to feed tourists and to make money because then I, I, any other business is better than restaurants. For me, I think it's difficult to turn around this because it's in the world it's all about money for everyone. So everyone wants to make more money. If you found a place where you can make a lot of money, probably you will choose to do it there. Um, but to make a, a, when you are traveling, when you're going to a city, you always want to know where the local people eat, no? This is the main thing. So anyone who loves food is not, we are not going where the trip advisor say, if you follow the trip advisor, you follow the tourist. You don't follow because people who eat, they will never ever make a, a, a critic. I mean, not, will not be based and. And I think this new modern world is good in on one side because you can have an idea where can you eat and easily you use your phone and you are 10 minutes later you can be in the restaurant sitting before you need to find out, you need to talk to this or that. How to fix it? I think there will be always uh, two words. One word where the people is going like, uh, like uh, ships, going behind the manger. <laughs> and the word where the people want to think by themselves. Uh, I try to think by myself, so I don't know if I'm, I'm being successful, but uh, I always try to do my own way. And I think when I have a customer, he really wants to eat in my restaurant. And it's not, um, can help that being famous or not, but it's not, oh, it's fancy. It's no one come to my, any of my restaurant because it's fancy, non, non-person.
0: With cooking shows, books, restaurants, what do you do to unplug from all the work?
1: Well, I'm with my. I have five kids, so also besides having a lot of restaurants and shows and these things, I have my kids. I'm a quite simple guy, so I. I never believe on. I know what I represent, but I don't think I am what I'm representing for the people. No, As if I'm stopping in the street to take pictures and these things is. it's it's the new world No, 20 years ago probably no one will ask you well probably no one have a a telephone to make a picture but uh, i keep it simple you know i still having one mouse to eat so it doesn't make i can only drive one car i can only do one thing at a time so i i'm a in a way i'm a work alcoholic but uh, i can be i've been this afternoon since 11 12 i have a meeting with partners here but we've been just basically eating and drinking we have a two and a half bottles, <laughs> two and a half bottles of wine, amazing wine I have here. I was last week uh, in Joao Portugal Ramos. You know, it's uh, probably one of the most famous winemakers in Portugal and I was making an interview and uh, something on live you can watch on my, Inst- my my Facebook, not my Instagram. And... Uh, he offered me four bottles of wine. They are amazing. You know, I could keep it here for my whole life. But I say, well, today we open the first. I, mean, I have some friends from Italy, from, uh, from Spain. And I say, well, okay, we have this uh, Max. So we open. it. Wow, why are you going to open? Oh, this is, looks very good. You say, well, that's why. So uh, live by, day by day. And then you unplug.
0: Is it true that one of your restaurants many years ago was rewarded a Michelin star and you decided not to take it?
1: There was a, I have a, a call um to say that uh, i was on the list to get a mission and and uh how, how i think i say i don't want I say what do you mean you don't want well i don't want i mean i was a critic from seven years and I, I resigned my job because i feel stupid to be criticizing people who makes music and i cannot play an instrument so how can i be above all these people and you know any not just mission and i think is uh all these uh, rankings are quite stupid <laughs> because 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 everyone is different, starting on that point then i myself no i imagine I was in uh, Copenhagen. And I say, this restaurant has 4.9 of uh, TripAdvisor or Google or whatever. So then I go to see the critics. And I, and I, I took, took the first one. Then I open the peep, the person. I say, this stupid guy never eats in his life. So for him, this is the best restaurant. McDonald's is the best restaurant. And this is no good. So something is wrong. So it's always difficult. It's like you're going to watch a movie and you ask a friend of you, say, you like the movies. If this guy is similar to you, probably will have the same thing, but this guy like all other kinds of movies, they always horrible. So the possibilities to, to be right in a judgment with something is so difficult. And as you know, as a chef, as a cook, uh, every day in a restaurant is a day, unless you have a Michelin restaurant where you have machines, uh, you have 15 people cooking for five or 10 or 20 guests and uh, the resources doesn't matter. But if you do a business for to provide your family, it's different than make a business just to provide your ego. So it's two different kind of business. I understand each kind of business. I don't work for the ego. I don't work for what the people say about me. I work because I need to bring, I have five kids, and I, I really like what I'm doing and try to have my customers happy. But you cannot control some things and uh, today it's easy everyone online they can criticize you see you post something uh, in anything and they are criticizing because you don't tap your mouse because your taxes yourself. this is a thing i'm cooking at my home i'm not cooking in a restaurant i say why are you say this i know why you are not using a mask well i at my house with my wife filming me
0: mm-hmm. you
1: think what well, I'm, I'm using the mask but just to tell you this is the last things happening but there is always a way to criticize, and uh, as I think what it was uh, Walt Disney say, there is two kind of persons, the one who makes, the one who criticizes. So I'm a doer, a maker, and uh, so I'm living uh, very happy with that.
0: What was the strangest thing that you ever ate?
1: Ooh, and you goats in uh, wild waters. Uh, well, I ate if this vegetarian or animal savers will criticize me quite a lot now. Well, it was many years ago. I ate hypos in Zambia, I ate... Uh, How was that? Is that good? Horrible. The, the worst thing I ever tried in my life. I mean, I tried to cook it in four different ways. It was even was even getting worse. So <laughs> it, was, it tastes liver. It tastes like liver. Then I ate, uh, well, in Africa, it's kind of all kind of animals. All kinds of snakes, big snakes, small snakes. All in Mexico and uh, some countries of Africa, also worms, uh, all kind of insects, which I really like them. I, I really like scorpions in China. I eat rats in Nigeria. Difficult in China. Also, I have a TV show in China and I, I have to rehearse. And uh, we were rehearsing and they cook a rat for me. It was like difficult. They tried to cook a uh, dog, but I say no, no, this is too much. I have, a, I love dogs. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all a kind of culture, no? you, you say, oh, a poor dog, I'd say, well, I would say, oh, poor cow, poor chicken, poor everyone, no, it's, uh, I mean, kill animals is not nice to anyone. And, uh, but I think this is a point also, uh, I think if you want to eat an animal once in your life, you have to kill one animal to understand the, the importance of killing an animal and how hard it is, I, I kill some a few times for needs, so i i I bought chickens in ethiopia and i have to kill them and it was so hard and i bought uh, goat also in kenya i think or tanzania and one so it's not nice it's not nice at all and i grew up in a countryside so i'm a kind of farmer family which use when you are a child you see killing animals so it's not so uh, repugnant or difficult for someone from the city but uh, it's not easy i think so we should have a lot of vegetarians. If we have to kill once in your life, uh, something.
0: You mentioned snake. Does snake taste like chicken, like everybody says No.
1: Well, I ate snakes in three countries. I ate in Cameroon. I ate in Congo, and I ate in China. In China, it was horrible because it was it was more like fish, I would say, whitey. But I ate the best one. I ate was in uh, in Cameroon was Spoke was really nice. But even I don't like snakes at all in any way. So, I mean, this was really probably the hardest animal to eat because I I don't like snakes. I have a bad feeling with snakes. But it was, I don't know. I mean, when it's well cooked, I think you probably eat anything and uh, you will like it except uh, hypos. (laughs) (laughs) That he didn't like it.
0: Okay, so shifting the conversation, what was your first memory of taste?
1: Probably meat or pasta so if, if you ask me I, I go back to my mother's restaurant so it's difficult because we have a lot of food at the same time i have like small images i remember in my mother's restaurant eating dulce leche from the maybe it was four years old from the fridge from the restaurant i ate so much they couldn't eat for the next 10 years <laughs> More than the taste is the smell. I think the first thing comes to my mind is the smell the smell of beef grilling in Argentina. This is uh, something I can never forget, and I, I can smell a steak and I kind of say "This is from argentina it 's so inside my memory that I would say, straight, this Argentina meat say why i don 't know, but I know
0: most underrated ingredients Lemon. overrated uh, ingredients hypo because like it. no no
1: this, no no one know <laughs> one uses it, but probably overrated is oh, so many i mean the common ingredient is difficult to say no uh, i'm thinking what the chefs chefs use and say oh this i cannot uh, uh, i like truffle but i think it's not as good to me that's to that's, me, a, no? that's
0: I, a common answer yes yeah.
1: truffle is good i mean if you ask me caviar caviar when it's good it's amazing it's not never, I mean, a top quality, but truffle, I mean, you pay 800 or whatever, uh, or 2,000 euros for uh, 100 grams of truffle. And I say, well, it doesn't change my life really. But a good caviar changed my life. A good piece of meat changed my life. A good uh, duck changed my life. A good fish changed your life, but not, not to me.
0: The best breakfast you can have?
1: Toasted bread, olive oil, fresh tomatoes. I don't know, in America, it's tomatoes or tomatoes. Tomatoes. tomatoes, yeah. <laughs> tomatoes, yeah. Well in England, it's different. And uh, uh, pata negra ham. Okay. Café con leche, coffee with milk, and maybe orange juice, maybe not. Depends on the day. Okay. Depends the, on the day, yeah.
0: The strangest combination that you've seen people trying or people do it food-wise that you just cannot accept, when people put one or two ingredients together that you
1: like, no. I think not, but after living so much, I think any combination, even uh, special, I can look, uh, it can work. Uh, but the first thing I ever I was crushed was the English people eating uh, chips with uh, vinegar, and I really like them now. But in the first, what they eat in this chips yeah. with vinegar is really good. Um, in in Sudan, they eating black beans with uh, peanuts butter, which is my favorite dish now. It's one of my signed dishes here. It has the full medanes. I don't know. I think, you know, I, well, I would tell you what is the worst thing I, for me. is ananas or pineapple on, on food. Something I cannot no, no
0: Hawaiian pizza for you?
1: No, no <laughs> no Hawaiian pizza. No burgers with pizza. I hate. I exactly, it's like, wow. No. And I know people love it. No, it's, I have two pizza places in Lisbon. And uh, we don't serve. I say people have Hawaii. Well, no, you, have, you should fly to Honolulu. I say, so... To take a Hawaiian pizza because we don't serve Hawaiian pizza here. Because I don't like, I don't serve anything I don't like.
0: You know, I saw the other day someone had kiwi, put kiwi on a pizza. I kiwi. I saw with peach and peach. You have seen peach? And ham as well. There was a lot of things going on. Can,
1: there. can it peach? Can it peach?
0: Yeah. yeah. No.
1: Well, I don't know. The taste, you know, at the end, taste is some something personal, and I could blame anyone. I can say I don't like it. I there is few things I don't like, very, very few. But now I was I, I was open a bottle that's a three hundred euros bottle here. And I have a, some friends, one is from Venezuela, say, look, I really like the wine cold. Say, if you if I put ice, you're gonna kill me. I say, not really. I say, you have to drink it as you enjoy it. I mean, probably the guy who made the wine will say, Wow, it's a sacrilege or whatever. But you want to eat the meat, well done. Well. Well done, boy, I say, as you like it. I mean, I cannot, because it's, your, it's coming from your childhood. It's your experience of life. If you learn to eat and you like it that way, you probably will never change in your, in your life.
0: So the name of the podcast is Turning Chickens in Breaking Dishes. Those are two Portuguese phrases. As you might know, turning chickens means someone that has a lot of experience, and breaking dishes means someone that has exceeded. Mirando
1: Frangos. Virando exactly.
0: Frangos. And breaking dishes means someone that has exceeded all expectations. Have you been turning more chickens or breaking more dishes?
1: Probably both, no, because I've been mean, uh, still turning chickens uh, every day. Actually, I'm starting a new concept of chicken. Look, fun. <laughs> Well, I I, I uh, overcome all my... Sex. I never imagined to be i am I, really, because I don't think I'm good in anything. I'm uh, a little bit good in many things, but I'm not really good in one thing. And uh, it's, uh, to me, it's everyday surprise, you know, people recognize me and be so strong for the media and they think because I... Actually, I'm, I'm still being the same guy that I was 20 years ago when I was in Africa and 25 when I was in America... I don't think I really changed my essence but it's nice to have sex to work a lot and to be in success because at the end of the day everyone probably works a lot and not many people have a recognition and and uh, these things that we all work for in a way not to be success is not just make money or this is small things and I could say um, uh, in 20 years uh, this year will be 20 years in Portugal Korea. Uh, i can only be happy and uh, i turn i turn a lot of chickens <laughs> a lot a lot yeah. a lot and i still working a lot and i'm still cooking a lot i don't cook in my restaurants but i cook every day I teach in the restaurant things as you, you know i'm not so often but i'm always i'm always working i'm not often because i'm doing things it's not because i'm like now staying on my bed talking to you <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> At the end of the podcast, I tell my guests to sell their fish. That's other Portuguese quotes. When people yeah. in Portugal to tell you sell your fish is to talk about yourself. So what's in the future for you, where people can find you, projects, whatever you can say?
1: Well, I can find me in Portugal now because with the COVID story, I cannot move very much. Uh, and I, I work a lot in Germany, in many other countries, but now I'm basically in Portugal. Um, during the pandemic I opened four new restaurants I'm going against, uh, they call me the other uh, name I, I get on my life is uh, beside chakal is the Salmon so I'm always swimming <laughs> against the current yeah. and, uh, and I opened four restaurants during the pandemic which uh, I opened the first one uh, one week before, before the shutdown and it was successful so I, I keep going on and say look people is closing restaurants I'm opening restaurants and, but I have a clear objective, where, where to sell and things. It's not just thinking in the easy way. I'm starting a new TV show for Portugal, probably. And one show maybe for Netflix. So I, hopefully this week or next week I have an answer. It's a show traveling with my daughter. It's called Raising Noah. Um, well, I'm in Portugal and uh, my my main resonance are in Marvila. It's called El Bulo Social Club. One, and then I have a pizzeria and then I have a Chuck Burger. And I'm opening maybe in November a concert of chicken. I will turn a lot of chickens and try and chickens. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Uh, well, maybe soon in the States, who knows? Like yeah, uh, Andre, know. like José André, José we will come. But I will not go to the United States to make hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe chicken
0: maybe chickens Shekal thank you very much for your time I know you're very busy so uh, this was a pleasure to talk with you again after nine years time flies you're getting older
1: eh? I have to tell
0: I'm getting older? yeah we are all I have white hair yeah yeah, we have
1: white hair and all of that
0: so thank you very much for coming it was a pleasure (laughs) muchas gracias
1: de nada amigo obrigado a ti thank uh, you say hello to everyone Bye 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 bye
0: and that was it everyone the last episode of the season. Are you sad? I can see that. Please share and tell to your friends that they don't know. Give the podcast as a Christmas present. They'll be cool. How you do that? I have no idea. Tell everyone about the chickens we are turning and the dishes we are breaking. These last 4 months have been an absolutely pleasure. If you haven't listened to other episodes, you have plenty of time now to listen. It's kind of like a timeless conversation. You don't have to just listen to this in September or October. You have 34 more episodes to listen, so hey, just have fun with that. Because Christmas normally we associate with presents, I might have a little present for you, special episode coming in December, so stay tuned. You can follow me on Instagram at Turning Chickens and Breaking Dishes. You can send me an email to info at turningchickensandbreakingdishes.com. You can follow also the Facebook page, Turning Chickens and Breaking Dishes. Have a lovely December, a lovely November, a lovely 2020, which was awesome. I was just joking. And I'll see you very, very soon. Adios.